All right. Welcome to this edition of the Hyperfast Podcast. Today, we've got two guests that happen to be on our team, and we're going to talk about copywriting and the importance of it. Whether or not you think of yourself as a copywriter, if you're not doing it, someone needs to do it because you need to communicate your message to your clients, to the public, to prospects, and copy touches everything. And we've got a pair of very, very talented copyright gurus to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Nick Tozier and William Atkinson. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. Hey there, how are you? Hi. How's it going, guys? Going well, staying busy, you know? Yeah, so uh, where, where are you guys uh, coming from? William, looks like you're up at the in the studio there at our, our studio in Arlington. What about, what about you, Nick? I'm from the, my office in D.C. Uh, before we, we jump into different ways that real estate agents can use copy, how we're using it, some, you know, some of the cool principles and all that, uh, why don't each of you just tell the listeners out there a little bit about yourself? How, how you got into copywriting? Sure. Uh, oh, I can go ahead and, and start. I actually, uh, I entered, I started writing in general through the world of academia. I came, I uh, left, I was teaching a university for a while and I left and moved to the DC and started working with KST was actually my first uh, marketing job. So I'm, I'm from kind of an entirely different world of writing, bring, trying to bring that sort of energy to, uh, to, Primarily our educational work uh, on our blog and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What about you, Nick? I've been writing copy, I think, for about 15 years now. <laughs> I started off uh, just writing uh, basically just nonfiction articles on the internet about different topics that interested me for whatever blog or uh, magazine or whatever would take me. Ended up... Uh, writing for a furniture company along the way, wrote like hundreds and hundreds of product descriptions for different types of furniture and things for uh, upscale furniture, sold mattresses at one point with copy. Actually, I think that's what I was doing right before I uh, joined you all. So, selling, selling beds, selling homes, all the same, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a few differences. So, so you guys have a little bit of variety in your background there. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick, you know, more, more of the sales, copy, background, William, more the academic. Uh, yeah. And I imagine that's, that's a lot different than, than, than what you're doing. I mean, you gotta, you gotta sell your idea, your thesis uh, to some degree, but um, you certainly have a lot more space to do it. What, what are the kind of some of the differences you think between academic writing and what you're doing now? Um, I think they're actually, the core, the kernel is really similar. Like you're saying the thesis of an academic paper it's almost the exact same as like a subject line or a tagline and that it has to be self-contained and very clear to anyone, even if they don't really know what you study. But like you said, you also have rather than, you know, 50 words of a headline, you have uh, 15,000 of a paper. So it's a lot more room to kind of um, expand upon what you're doing, which at the same time, however, you, it kind of serves the same function as like a funnel, uh, like a sales funnel and that you have, kind of the, the tagline to get them in being the thesis, and then you sort of work them down 
all the way until you sell them on your point or in the case of real estate, sell them on an appointment with you or a house or whatever your end goal is um, in that given in that given piece. So uh, it's it mostly is a matter of, I, it, with academic writing, you kind of have a, have a captive audience. People have to kind of read what you're doing for their job or for their studies or whatever. So it, the hard, the main difference is making sure that your audience stays engaged in sales copy. It's a, a lot harder of a task. Yeah, you got to have that hook, line, sinker. I'm sure we'll talk about that in Definitely. more detail as we go go uh, through the show here. What uh, what was the extent of your academic uh, writing? Was it you know bachelor, master's, PhD? I mean, you said you were teaching, but what what were you writing? What level did you get to in that world? So I completed my master's degree and was uh, working for an academic journal for a little bit. Uh, so I was involved sort of in academic publishing for a hot second. But in teaching, I was mostly, I was teaching uh, entry-level history classes. So uh, as a master's student teaching undergraduate students, um, in terms of writing, I never moved, I didn't move on to the PhD just because academia didn't really stick with me, but, and I didn't stick with it, I guess. But I did complete my master's thesis, um, that whole process. Gotcha. I, I actually, not everyone knows this. I, I, I had a, a history degree. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, the Naval Academy offers it. It's, it's a Bachelor of Science still, even though it's history. It's one of the only like Bachelor of Science yeah. in history. Yeah. And, and, and then I somehow tricked them into paying for my, my Master <laughs> uh, Arts, my MA in yeah. History at Maryland. So I, I, I wrote extensively on the developments of United States torpedoes between World War I and World War II. Really, yeah, that's that's being nice. So thank you. <laughs> I mean, I wrote about I wrote about medieval Lithuania, so it's cooler than mine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nick, let's let's get into this hook, line, sinker concept. I think this is, okay. is something you probably had experience before you got to us, even if it wasn't framed that way. I learned it from Russell mm-hmm. Brunson. What is it? What does that mean to you? And and what do you? And how should how should you know real estate agents listening to this apply that to their marketing? Hook, line, sinker. Oh, big time. So I think the first way or, I encountered I'm sorry, this was, hook, hook. I messed up. It's not hook, line, oh. sinker. It's a uh, hook story offer. Jeez. It is kind of hook, I'm, line, I'm looking, sinker. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the water here. And, <laughs> and so fish, fishing is on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, so hook, yeah, that's, story offer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the way we use that is um, the hook is whatever gets somebody to stop kind of, well, let me introduce how people navigate on the web, right? They don't read, really. <laughs> they uh, they skim and they scan. And that goes for me too. Like I love reading, but um, when we're online, it's only like, it's a tiny figure. I mean, last I think I saw updated numbers for it. It was something like maybe 20% if you're lucky, people read your content as though they're, you know, reading a book or something with that kind of, but most people do not. We skim, we scan, we are quickly looking to see what's relevant for us on the page and we're gone, like in a matter of like seconds or sometimes less than a second. People move really fast nowadays. There are so many demands on their time. So the hook's job is to just get them to stop and look and be drawn in. Um, so that's, you know, your email subject line. That's your, uh, like the top line of your Instagram post or something, or it's the picture in your Instagram post. It's whatever element in the marketing just gets people to slow down for a second and really look at what you're saying. So then the story is kind of how you pivot from that initial uh, visual or that subject line and you draw them in further. You might start addressing really some of the reasons 
um, that they may be reading this. You might be hitting on, you know, what service you're offering to them, or you may be telling a dramatic story that keeps them reading a bit. It depends on the content, right? If you're doing hard sales, you're probably going to get straight to the offer pretty quickly. And then you're going to kind of uh, fill in details as you go to answer objections and things. If it's content, you might be a little more dramatic with it. Um, but the goal is still to keep them reading through and get them to your offer, your CTA. Um, so hook your headline or whatever to get them to stop. A story to draw them in a little further and you really want to pull them into that CTA and say yes or no. Yeah, and really, I think it's more than than just emails, Facebook posts. Like you have to mm -hmm. think of this concept in all of your marketing, all of your prospecting, yeah. all of your interactions with the clients. Even like if we're talking here, like, you know, I've, we've got to say stuff compelling enough in the beginning of our podcast to hook people in get them to stay around and, and have mm -hmm. some story and then, you know, have, have uh, a great, a great offer, like to, to go learn more at hyperfastagent.com uh, or, you know, get, get our free book at hyperfastfreebook.com, things like that. So, so if you have a breakdown in any marketing prospecting or, or sales process that you do, you can always go back and, and look and see, do I have a hook there to get their attention? Do I transition to a story where I build my case? And then, and then do I have a clear uh, offer, call to action mm -hmm. at the end, whether it's, you know, book an appointment, make a phone call, enter in an email, whatever it is, like you have to have mm -hmm. all of those uh, in everything you do. And you guys do a ton of copywriting for our real estate team, for our investors, for mm -hmm. hyperfast agent, William, why don't you dive into the, you know, some of the things that, that you work on and what you're most excited about? Yeah, for sure. So like you said, I, I write a lot of different, for multiple different brands, KST, HFA, Hyperfast, uh, investment, development, basically all of anything related to real estate, I'm probably writing something about. And for me personally, I do the best with longer form content, particularly blogs. I really focus on, especially with KST, like yeah, so so what, where where are you blogging in case people are listening and want, want to see examples of your work? Great question. You can go to carryshoal.com slash blog, and that's it. everything on there is really excellent keyword-driven content, uh, giving us really great uh, organic traffic, which is good because it's essentially free. Uh, it's free leads mm -hmm. for you pretty much if you have a good blog. But so mm -hmm. I'm for, we're moving more into blogging on HFA soon as well, but that's really where my uh, probably I, I assume my academic background helps out is that longer form content and you have it still works like Nick was saying in the hook story offer format you just have a lot more story to work with um, which means you have rather than a hundred words to build a case you have a thousand words to build why someone needs to work with a real estate agent or why they should be staging their home and then your offer at the end it has this big uh, authoritative back to it that can really drive uh, action through your, you know, through, to whatever you want it to be in yourself. Nick, um, what about what about you? What are you what are you working on these days that, that that's most exciting to you? I'm writing a lot of uh, material for Hyperfast Agent. One of the most exciting things I think, something I really like to do, is test A/B test headlines and things like that or A-B test like things in the bodies of emails, just examples of little things. I mean, this is something that usually most email marketing platforms can do. And it doesn't take too much setup, but you can like test one little thing that you tweak in each email. And it might be a fairly important thing, like it, you may try different subject lines and just see what pulls better. Or 
uh, you might get more like granular with it and go into the body of the email and say, just change the color of your call to action buttons even, and just see if, because who knows, a certain color, believe it or not, for a CTA button could pull significantly better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely true. Yeah, and I I think it's important to test different colors, fonts, subject lines, headlines, Mm -hmm. uh, phrasing, wording, all of that. You know, I never want people to sit around and wait to take action because they are wondering what's going to be perfect, but I I want you to take action, test, track, refine, Mm -hmm. try a different version, and then then Mm -hmm. adjust along the way. So, right, yeah. You know, I I like this concept that you bring up about Mm -hmm. testing different elements. I would, I would say as part of that, um, I would recommend if you're, especially if you're getting into more like email copy, uh, copywriting, make sure to keep logs of the data of your emails. We have a weekly running list that Nick and I update of all of the emails we sent that week, what their subject, uh, what their subject line was, open rate, click rate, uh, opt out rate, every piece of data that we can get from our uh, our email services um, in order to just like, so we can completely fine tune like what worked well why did it work well? Why did, did this not work well? And we are constantly going over that with each other and making sure that we're all on the same page with what is effective at that time. How, and how many, um, how much time are you guys spending creating content writing a day typically? Uh, great question. It, somewhat week to week, but I'm usually uh, spending three hours or so a day on a blog, usually an hour or two on emails hour or two on ads like it's pretty much all day we're just writing different kinds of content what about you nick it's a lot of email most days right now yeah um sometimes a lot of facebook ads as well um particularly recently when we were getting ready to uh uh, launch news of the summit there you know went and wrote a bunch of ads how many ads did we have there william is something like 40 40 in the end turned over in like a a night a day and a night (laughs) 42 ads in like 26 hours Cranking them out. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Well, don't get intimidated, by the way. If you're out there listening, you're like, oh my God, how can I, how, I don't have time to spend six hours a day writing shit. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't take that much. And you know, obviously we're a team. We're, we've got a lot of people, mm-hmm. so it's, it's different. But I would, I would venture to say that if you spent an hour of focused time every morning writing, and you, know, you, could, you could divvy it up like an hour on writing, an hour on following back up with new clients, an hour with following back with current clients and past clients. If you just did that three to four hours a day and only one hour is dedicated to, to copy and content, you could be highly effective and, and probably double or triple your business. And, and really, mm-hmm. you know, if you were a solo agent, both of you, and, and we're going to write for one hour a day, what would you write? How would you do it? Nick, do you want to go first? <laughs> I can if you'd like, yeah. Yeah, I want to think about it. <laughs> I think what I would do first... See, that's a tough decision, right? Because um, there are trade-offs to like each platform you would use. I think what I would do first, I think I would start some kind of blog, even if it was just on LinkedIn or something. And then every time, so there are certain things, certain situations you can encounter where you're going to answer the same questions over and over as a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to have certain concepts that come up repeatedly. And why not, if you're gonna answer the question anyway, why not just write down your response? Or you can even record it into a voice memo. Um, voice transcription of like uh, digital assistants on phones can be pretty good at getting you a, pr- a transcription of what you just said into your phone on in the car or something. Uh, you're gonna to wanna to edit that, of course, to make sure that the transcriber didn't get anything wrong. But just start 
answering those questions and writing and posting it where clients can find you. Um, you're really going to want to make sure, you know, get Dan's book. For one thing, the hyper-local, yes. hyper-fast real estate agent, do the segmentation, targeting, and positioning strategy so that you know who you're writing for, you know who your audience is, you know what benefits and things you want to hit, and uh, who you're trying to reach and all that so that your your time is rewarded. You know, if, if you've got an hour a day to make content, you want to make a really decisive piece of content on that day if you can, of course. So... Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, I, I would also agree that a blog is important. Um, and what I would do is I would spend, I would blog on like a Saturday or a day where you know it's going to be a little slower and spend three or four hours. And then what you can do from there is if you have a blog that answers seven common buyer questions, well, that's seven weeks worth of emails basically to send to buyers of on this week, I can send them question one or question two or whatever it may be. And then you can spend 30 minutes a day you know, editing that down to email format, make sure CTA mm -hmm. is really strong. And that way you don't have to worry about the story. You can focus all your attention on the hook and the offer. Um, and yeah. just reusing the content you're already making work smarter, not harder. And that's what we do. I, I take the, the blogs that I write and turn them into emails constantly, turn them into posts constantly. If you already have the content, just use it. Yeah, like if you could take 30 minutes of that hour and do one long form piece, like a yeah. blog a, mm -hmm. or an email or a LinkedIn article, and then you could you could probably take like 10 minutes and, and maybe spend that on some of your long-term follow-up sequences and then in the other 20 minutes just, just taking that content that you wrote, that longer form. Uh, you know, take take 20 minutes to chop it up into social media posts and then like, man, if you do that, you're, you're like light years ahead of 99% of, of all real estate agents. Yeah. Yeah. And then take, take the transcription and record you reading it and then put it on YouTube and Instagram everywhere. Hey, that's a great thought. But let me get to this question that I just got from one of my followers uh, right to my phone. Uh, by the way, did you know you can text me at 703 Two one five one six eight four. This is a new thing I've rolled out. I'm letting my listeners and uh, people that subscribe and follow me on social media connect with me directly to my phone on text message. It's me answering them and, and responding. You can ask me anything about real estate, investing, business, whatever. Just text 703-215-1684 and I will respond to you. I think the biggest thing stopping agents from doing this, really, it's not about time because you can do it in an hour a day. I, I think it's a fear of rejection because yes. it's very, it's kind of personal to write things. And I think what happens is people are like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to, uh, to say it this way, or that way, <laughs> especially now, like people are just getting taken to the cleaners over, over things, anything they say that can potentially be out of context. I think people get, get nervous. And so they hold back. And so they make it generic. They make it like every single real estate agent email, like the subject line is literally like my real estate newsletter. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, they're, yeah. they're afraid to make bold or different hooks. And, and really mm -hmm. that's the people don't open it don't stop scrolling. Like it doesn't really matter what, what the rest of it is. So I think you got to get over that, that fear of rejection. And I, I don't think we ever get like more than like 10% of, of, of what I'll call hate on any of our content ads, <laughs> uh, emails. 
Um, normally it's a lot less than that, but, but mm -hmm. when we get, when we get one that has like 10% hater responses that's that's a good uh that's a good piece I and mean, that means a lot of you know that means 90 other percent you know a lot of other people read it and realized it and know that we're out there offering you know our, our home buying or our agent training services mm -hmm. so definitely you, you got to get over that fear right I mean, what, what's your advice to people on, on that yeah i would say that um a lot of really incredible writers fail because they never write there's a reason that like writer's block is such a commonly understood thing. Like if you're, it doesn't matter how good someone is writing. If you're not writing, it, it really, it doesn't matter. So like Dan's saying, just get the content out there, you know, get your emails out there, get your blogs out there, whatever it is. The worst, like honestly, the worst result is that someone doesn't read it and then you'll get them with another piece as you continue to grow. It just, just do it, I guess is my, my advice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we send to large audiences, and I'm not going to lie, like, just about every time there's a little part of me that goes like, you know, right before you hit send, there's this little moment where you're like, hmm, not sure what this is. <laughs> yeah. am I sure I got everything? There's always this temptation to go like, is everything perfect in this thing? Am I, am I sure? And uh, there is a point where you really have to kind of like trust your messaging, you know, you you put some forethought into your messaging, of course, you know, you're going to think about who you're going to serve, you're going to think about why you're writing to them. But there does come to a point, too, where, um, you know, kind of like video marketing, it's like whatever content you put out there, you are putting part of your personality out as well. And some people will be drawn to it. Some people will be repelled by it. And that's the way it is. That's the way life is, too. It's just that most people in their daily lives don't go around um, talking to 20,000 people at once all day, every day. So you're going to experience a higher volume of that. One thing I, I think I would say is that um, remember that people who disapprove of your message are often going to be a lot more vocal. Um, so always weigh that, that one person who comments, I'll never forget. Let me, let me think of an example. I think it was, um, Dan, wasn't it Arl now? Yeah, I think, um, that I posted something to and somebody commented like over the weekend, like, man, this, if I wrote this copy, I'd be embarrassed. Like this, this writes like a robot wrote it. And just, you're just like, you got to laugh. Cause at, at some point it's like, well, you know, I, there's also something in the back of my head that goes like, that's a copywriter who's looking to create a job opening for themselves locally <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, get a call from, from this real estate team saying, we and heard that our- At least they're reading and commenting. The, the funny, yeah. the ironic thing is, is, and we'll get this on our ads or some people that mm -hmm. don't like that we're building nice homes and, and transitioning neighborhoods and, and comment a lot on there and they don't want to see the ad, but what they don't realize is when they comment on it and, and engage more, they're actually teaching Facebook to, to show them that ad right. a lot more. And, and <laughs> right. uh, I've always thought that's funny. So, so, so mm -hmm. overall, you know, criticism and comments is better than no comments at all. So yes, 100%. So take that for what it's worth. If you've ever, if, if the listeners have ever uh, heard anything that Dustin Brown, the voice of Hyperfast occasionally <laughs> has talked about like the rejections that they get as oh, ISAs, yeah. people's hanging up on them. You kind of develop a similar, like, cavalier attitudes towards it with with copy nick was saying you know getting mean comments in arrow now every time we put an article on one of our affiliate sites we'll go through the comments and laugh about the people who are really mad at us who would just be like how can you say that taco place is good that place is terrible and you're like <laughs> why do you care this much and you're in you know you saw our content we got you i guess yeah um, so you you just kind of develop a sense of humor about it after a while we had a we had a test just like taking the worst uh, <laughs> the worst one and including it in the list or something. Absolutely, just, yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah. you gotta you gotta have thick skin and and almost relish in it like i mm-hmm. i kind of get excited i'm not gonna lie when uh, when people start <laughs> throwing rocks at it because uh, that means it's working yeah. I, I listen for feedback, you know, but but there's definitely like you have to be able to look between things that are like constructive that could improve your messaging versus somebody, you know, being angry at you for reasons that you can't really control. So mm-hmm. that's definitely a line to keep in mind, too. So if anyone's uh, yeah, if anyone's sensitive about that rejection, just remember, like the one mean comment will stick out in your mind more than the hundred nice ones too. That's just a human bias that we have as well. So keep that in mind. All right, guys. Uh, oh, were you saying something, William? I was going to say, there's nothing better than the feeling of flipping that person on a, one of our affiliate sites. Someone said uh, recently on a, on a post, like I wasn't so sure about these people, but after they said this, <laughs> I think like, I think I'm a fan of them now. And it's like, yes, we got you. Like, yeah, it's just, it's such triumph. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's you know don't don't give up on them. They'll, they'll come around if you, if you just put around. your put your head down and, and keep keep going out there and and you got to be consistent. You can't do a wall blog or an email once a week. Even mm-hmm. like you got you got to you got to get at this every day if you want to mm-hmm. have the best results. People are afraid to do it, mm-hmm. but you gotta you gotta just be consistent. And mm-hmm. The more the more you do it, the better you'll get. The quicker you'll be able to do. The more content you'll be able to put out. And you build confidence because it'll give you results. So just be consistent. Definitely. Uh, well, guys, before we wrap up, I want to do the hyper fast round. So you, you've probably heard some of these questions before. So if you're if you're ready, let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent besides join our team in the <laughs> DC area? Nick, do you want to go first? I can. Biggest piece to a new real estate agent. Um, I would say make sure you're writing longer form pieces, chopping it up and repurposing it. You know, your time is extremely valuable as a solo agent. Um, so you want to make the most impact of that. Um, just crank out that, look for pain points, really drill home the benefits you can create and, and listen for um, common fears and objections and things that your your clients and prospects are asking about. Because those are like any, any Ask the Agent style content is going to, mm-hmm. you know, you'll answer the question once, you might not have to answer it 50 times or more in the future because you get that content out there. Yeah, uh, my advice would be to create a swipe file. Uh, if you ever click on a headline, you ever open an email, you ever click on an ad, immediately write down what the copy was for that, whatever the subject line or the slug was or you know the tagline, and then just steal it. Uh, you know, adapt it a little bit to your business or whatever, but just like, if it works, take it. And eventually you'll start developing your own content and stealing from yourself. And that's like a great feeling. Yeah, it's not bad to be on, uh, you know, different sales and marketing email class or or create like, you know, if you don't want them in your main inbox, create a separate email just to Mm -hmm. get ideas. So uh, that's Mm -hmm. that's a great one to make that swipe file. What's been the biggest challenge for you guys transitioning from the type of writing you were doing before to writing for real estate? For me, the biggest transition was uh, being really forthright on advertisements and just like immediately just being like, hey, I want you to buy a house with me because it's just so different from the writing I was doing but people appreciate that honesty and the ones who engage will engage. I was selling mattresses before. I would say overall it was um, just the specialized like topic knowledge. And that was kind of an advantage early on in its way, because often as a real estate agent, you, you know a lot, you have a lot of knowledge about the process and all that. And I think sometimes um, having kind of a fresh mind entering the picture isn't a bad thing. Um, because you will have like entry level questions that say a first time buyer will have, 
So actually, if you happen to hire a brand new copywriter and they do not have prior industry experience, use that early time. Um, encourage them to ask you questions about the process, I would say. If you find yourself in the position to hire a copywriter and if they don't have that experience, use that learning period to draw out some questions that you might have forgotten, you know, that browsers of your website might be asking or something. Yeah, great stuff, Nick. What's What's been the piece, what piece of content, if, if you remember one, has been like your most favorite that you've made on the real, you know, for real estate? Oh man, for me, it was probably writing about, this is a recent one, so it might be a little bit of recency bias, but recently I wrote a blog about 1031 uh, tax exchange, tax exchanges. Um, and that was really fun just because I got to spend a lot of time learning more about like investment tax law, essentially. And like, it basically it was like a learning experience for me that I then got to sort of put out to other people and it's doing very well, which helps. That's that's uh, certainly a relevant one. And, and you might want to follow up because that's been in the news yep. lately. Uh, we we're not going to get political on this show, but one of one of the people running for president wants to eliminate that exchange, which would have uh, probably not good been, uh, uh, results in com for commercial real estate, yes. to say the least. So uh, <laughs> probably good to do a follow up on that. Maybe, uh, so. you know implications of on real estate of each candidate something like that um I'm sure that would get a lot of comments <laughs> put it on the content calendar uh what about you nick what's your favorite favorite piece of content you've made you know actually i'm gonna be i'm gonna put out a hook that i think this was a previous writer i think before me or but um i think a really good subject line that we used was um six home renovation projects that don't pay off when it's time to sell. Mm -hmm. huh. And actually that one popped to my own head. I'm not doing a very good job of marketing myself on this one, but that was such a marked subject line that did so well that it immediately popped in my head. It's one of my favorites that I've seen in there. Yeah, so, I, I like be that because that. It, it plays on the fear of loss, risk aversion. It's a very well-established principle. People will take a far greater risk to avoid a loss than, mm -hmm. to, to, than to like press a gain and, and mm -hmm. it's, really just because we don't want to be seen as losers so I, yeah. I think i think that would be uh much more you know red than if you did the inverse of that and if it was like six home renovations mm -hmm. that pay off like uh, mm -hmm. you know pe people would probably read that too but what, what they really want to know is how do i not lose money on this so i can brag to my friends yeah yep. <laughs> right um but other than that too um honestly the, the copywriting for the hyperfast sales summit of course because we've got a bunch of really top tier industry figures. Um, we've got people who are really amazing in their fields, including um, some people inside of real estate itself and others in like PR and marketing, an unexpected figure in uh, JP Sears, who is amazing at video and, uh, and also really funny and entertaining too. Of course, I think writing about the Hyperfast Sales Summit has been really, really uh, exciting and interesting. What, uh, what do you guys do in your, in your, Spare time when you're not making content, you're not writing. What, what would we find you doing? Um, I'm usually writing, just not. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I run a, a blog about writing, and then I also write creatively on top of that. Mm -hmm. All right, I didn't know that. What's what's that blog? Tell everyone. <laughs> uh, Storytellerworkshop.com. All right, Storytellerworkshop.com. Check it out, guys. What about you, Nick? This is going to be shocking, but uh, I play guitar in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy the, uh, the, it's like one of those fields where you get to invest some disciplined time and then you get like a big time investment payoff later, 
which was like an early in my life kind of reward. That's kind of how I learned. Like you put in some disciplined effort, you get like a fun result that pays you off double or tenfold for your time in terms of the results you get. So that that was one of those things that stuck with me over the years. All right, last last question of the hyperfast round. Where do you see yourselves in five years from now? Hmm. Make you take this first. <laughs> God, the way well. Given given the way the news is every day, it's hard to picture what next week will be like. Um, but I'm I'm definitely that's true. Be. Everyone who everyone <laughs> who answered this question five years ago got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I hesitate. You know, who knows? But I'm, I'll definitely be writing in some form. Uh, I did choose a field that won't fall to AI too soon. I think AI still struggle to write articles big time. So uh, hopefully, I'll still be writing. I really enjoy it. You're always getting to learn things. You know meet people uh, dig into the into interesting topics so for sure writing and and there are a thousand niches to explore in real estate for sure definitely i might actually still be locked up in my house in five years uh, (laughs) just you know because i'm because i'm boring um in actuality i see i see myself still being a part of this incredible growth that hyperfast is undergoing and and you know hopefully having uh, the chance to work with other incredible writers to just make more content for you guys um, and to, you know, be a part of the top selling real estate team in the entire world. All right. Well, that's exciting. I hope, I hope, uh, hope you both succeed. And, and, I, and I hope, I hope five years from now is a little <laughs> bit more predictable than, uh, yeah. than, than five days is right now. So yeah. Before we sign off, if people want to get in touch with you or follow you on social media or other blogs you guys are writing, uh, uh, where should they go? Obviously, they can see your work at hyperfastagent.com and carryshoal.com, but where, mm-hmm. where should they go for other stuff? Um, like I said, storytellerworkshop.com is my, my personal writing blog. carryshoal.com slash blog, all the content there is stuff that I create. So uh, feel free to go there and leave a comment. Um, you can also see... I write a lot of copy for uh, the Carrie Scholl team, Carrie Scholl team YouTube page. So again, go there, watch the I mean, it's amazing videos, great stuff there. Leave some comments, interact with us. Uh, we'd love to see you guys on there. Mm-hmm. And you can find me also at a uh, hyperfast agent, primarily hyperfastagent.com/blog for that. Um, and also uh, just in your email inbox, most likely <laughs> if you're uh, if you're on our mailing list. Um, yeah, so. subscribe to uh, our newsletter or. Or, or at hyperfastagent.com or hyperfastwealth.com or carryshull.com and you know just just look at the content check it out and, and learn from it even if even if you're a, you know a real estate agent that just wants to see what, what we put out to our buyer and seller client so so check it out get on that list and uh thanks for being on the show guys and everyone else out there thanks for listening in we'll see you next time take care Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. Give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.